Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers, let's discuss the importance of social and emotional learning. While I believe that social and emotional learning is a key part of development for everyone all the time, I definitely think we need to put even more emphasis on fostering social and emotional learning skills now. Our students are experiencing many changes, new learning environments, hearing and witnessing social injustices, political controversies, etc. Plus, Many students are experiencing social isolation or a reduction in other support systems that they typically have access to at school. Basically, they may be feeling a mix of emotions right now at any given day. I want to point out that you may be feeling mixed emotions too. I have the privilege of interacting with hundreds of educators at any given time in a variety of capacities. And when I check in, I often hear the following responses. Teachers are feeling overwhelmed. They're worried, they're sad, they're anxious, they're frustrated, they're fearful, etc. One teacher cried as she told me about how much she missed not being in the same location with her students and how difficult it was to really support them the way that she knew how in a virtual environment. I've heard teachers say that they attempted to focus on self-care, but it's difficult with everything that's going on. And in terms of supporting students' social and emotional needs, several teachers have shared that thus far they have received very little training and they are unsure if they're providing adequate support to students. So in this episode, my focus is on strategies to incorporate social and emotional learning during project-based learning experiences. I want you to know that I understand that you, the teacher, may be dealing with your own emotions, and your own social emotional needs also matter. I also know that you would like some concrete ideas for fostering social emotional learning during your PBL experiences, so let's explore. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to foster social and emotional skills through project-based learning. A driving question, how can we foster social emotional learning skills through project-based learning? Let's explore what is social emotional learning. So social emotional learning is the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. And this comes from the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, also known as CASEL. And Castle states that social emotional learning advances educational equity and excellence through authentic school, family, community partnerships with the goal of establishing learning environments that promote trust and collaborative relationships, meaningful curriculum and instruction, and ongoing evaluation. And through social emotional learning, we can address various forms of inequity and empower young people and adults to co-create thriving schools and contribute to a safe and healthy communities. So let's look at why this even matters. What is the benefit of social and emotional learning? Social emotional learning increases students' attitudes toward oneself and others, their relationships, their academic performance, their perceptions of the classroom and school environment, and increased pro-social behavior. 
So when we think about pro-social behavior, we're referring to people acting to benefit other people. So some examples of pro-social behavior could be described as helping an individual in need, volunteering time, effort, and expertise, cooperating with others to achieve a common goal, sharing personal resources, etc., kindness and empathy. Social emotional learning has also been linked to a decrease in students' anxiety, behavior challenges, substance abuse, stress, and depression as well. The Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, CASEL, was founded over 20 years ago with the goal of establishing high-quality, evidence-based social and emotional learning as an integral part of K-12 education. So if you look at the framework that they created, it contains five broad and interrelated areas of competence, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, responsible decision-making is in the inner circle. And then the outer ring represents how social and emotional learning should be integrated within the context of communities, families, and caregivers, schools, and communities. So the idea is that in order to support students in the social and emotional learning, it needs to be a collaborative effort between what happens inside classrooms, what happens at the school level, what happens with families and caregivers, and then within our communities. Let's discuss the competencies in more detail. Self-awareness is the, the ability to understand one's own emotions, thoughts, and values, and how they influence behavior across contexts. So basically, the ability to recognize your own strengths and limitations while maintaining a sense of confidence and purpose. Self-management is the ability to manage one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors effectively in different situations and to achieve goals and aspirations. So it's the ability to delay gratification and to manage stress and feel motivated to accomplish your personal and collective goals. And then we have social awareness. Social awareness is the ability to understand the perspectives of and empathize with others, including those from diverse backgrounds, cultures, and contexts. So the ability to feel compassion for others, to understand social norms or behavior in different settings and to recognize family, school, and community resources and support. And then we think about relationship skills, which is the ability to establish and maintain healthy and supportive relationships and to effectively navigate settings with diverse individuals and groups. So the ability to communicate clearly, to listen actively, to work collaboratively, to problem solve and navigate conflict, to navigate settings with different social and cultural demands, providing leadership and to seek and offer help when needed. And then the last competency, responsible decision-making, which is the ability to make caring and constructive choices about personal behavior and social interaction across diverse situations. So the ability to consider ethical standards and safety concerns and to evaluate the benefits and consequences of various choices. So when you think about those competencies, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, responsible decision-making, I want you to think about how are you fostering social and emotional learning during distance learning. If you go to Castle's website, Castle has a self-reflection tool where teachers can assess their strengths and areas of growth regarding promoting social emotional learning during in-person instruction. And then they also have a separate self-reflection service that is focused on providing social and emotional learning through distance learning or at-home assignments. So blended learning environments as well. How many teachers reality right now is teaching via a hybrid format, I figured it may be beneficial to utilize the distance learning reflection. However, I will share the link to the in-person instruction reflection as well for those who are interested. I would suggest reading through the questions. Take about five minutes to read each action and determine if it's a strength or an area of growth. And then what you want to do is make a mental note of what you're proud of and where you want to grow. I'm just going to share 
maybe three or four of the questions that you will find on the self-assessment. I am reaching out to students individually and communicating that I value their contributions. I follow up with students on topics that are of importance to them to show them that they are known and cared for. I facilitate virtual class meetings, collaborative class websites or forums or other community building activities to cultivate a culture of personal connection and belonging. Learning activities and projects linked to students' lived experiences frames of reference, and issues that are important to them. Learning activities activate students' self and social awareness by asking them to identify feelings, reflect on their experiences, and talk through topics with family members or peers. I coordinate learning activities in which students are able to engage in small group discussions, cooperative learning, and problem solving with peers. After completing a project, students reflect on what made their work successful or challenging and make a plan for improvement. So those are just a few of the self-reflection questions. Like I said, it's best to go to the castle's website, take the SEL through distance learning, a teacher self-reflection survey, mark strengths and growth areas. And then that will give you a realistic view or a plan of action that you can take to improve in this area. Just choose maybe one or two growth areas that you want to work on. Once those growth areas become strengths, then you can add another area to your list. Let's think about how social-emotional learning can be fostered through PBL. Let's explore some social teaching practices that support social-emotional learning. We want to think about teacher language. And this includes the way that teachers talk to students. Are you focusing on being encouraging, being motivating, especially during distance learning? I've been hearing a lot around some teachers struggling with getting students to complete assignments. So making sure that the way that we're interacting with students is more encouraging than punitive. Are we practicing student-centered discipline? Are you utilizing developmentally appropriate disciplinary strategies and utilizing discipline strategies that encourages students to do the right thing versus it being, again, I'm going to use the word punitive. Instead of focusing just on consequences, how can we encourage them or motivate them or convince them to do the action that we want them to do? Warmth and support. Are you creating an environment where the students know that you care? So if someone came to your learning environment and pulled a random student and said, hey, does your teacher care about you? And how do you know? What will your students say? What are you doing that's explicitly showing them that you care? Responsibility and choice. Are you providing opportunities for students to make responsible decisions? It's hard to learn how to make decisions if you don't get to make any decisions. In the way that you are interacting with students, do they have voice and choice in decision making? Now let's talk about instructional teaching practices that support social and emotional learning. So we have classroom discussions. Are you having a dialogue about the content or is it more you speaking at students? Cooperative learning, students working together toward a collective goal to accomplish an instructional task. Are you finding ways where students are working together in a PBL unit? Balanced instruction, are you utilizing multiple and appropriate instructional strategies during your PBL unit? Academic press and expectations, are you providing meaningful and challenging work? And do you really believe that all students can achieve rigorous work? Are you thinking about it through the lens of high expectations and knowing that your students can do it. Self-assessment and self-reflection. Are you providing opportunities for students to actively think about their work? And I know that I've talked about the importance of self-reflection in the past, but we want students to be able to reflect on their learning 
but we also want them to be able to affect on the PBL process in general. We want them to be able to reflect on how they interacted with peers, how they contributed to the project. Then also, what did they learn during the project as well? And then competence building, helping develop students' social and emotional skills through the typical instructional cycle. So competence building occurs when teachers help develop social emotional learning competencies through the typical instructional cycle, such as creating goals or objectives for the lessons during introduction to new material or modeling or group and individual practice through closing out lessons and reflection. Basically, each part of the instructional cycle helps reinforce particular social and emotional competencies with intentionality. What do you notice about these instructional practices? See how you can implement them regardless of the instructional strategy that you utilize. So whether you're teaching your next PBL unit or you're not teaching through PBL, these are still instructional teaching practices that support social and emotional learning. I want you to think about how can you be intentional with planning your next PBL unit? What does this castle social emotional learning competency look like sound like and feel like. So we're going to go through each one. So when we think about self-awareness, you can help foster students' self-awareness skills by integrating personal and social identities, identifying personal, cultural, and linguistic assets, helping students identify their own emotions, helping them demonstrate honesty and integrity, showing them what it means to link feelings, values, and thoughts, how to examine prejudices and biases, helping students experience self-efficacy, their belief that they can achieve, helping them develop a growth mindset, and helping them develop interest and a sense of purpose. So when we think about PBL, we can think about their self-reflection, and you'll find that self-reflection pretty much goes into all of these competencies. But does this challenging problem or my driving question support students in developing self-awareness? Does the project components challenge students, but not to the point where they get to the frustration level? So it provides a challenge, but it doesn't get them to the frustration level where they want to quit. Does the level of support students receive encourage them in believing in their ability to succeed or their ability to be successful in creating a solution to their driving question? during their PBL? How can students develop self-awareness through your PBL experience? Next is self-management. So when we think about self-management, again, we're thinking about students' ability to manage their emotions, to be able to identify and use stress management strategies. Can they exhibit self-discipline and self-motivation? Are you helping students set personal and collective goals, teaching them how to use planning and organizational skills, encouraging them to show courage to take initiative, and providing them with resources to help them demonstrate personal and collective agency. So when we think about our PBL, we're thinking about student voice and choice during parts of the PBL unit, their project management skills, are they engaging in ongoing reflection, are they collaborating with group members while also being an individual contributor as well? So how can you help students develop self-management through PBL? Now let's talk about social awareness. When we think about social awareness, We want to help students develop the following. We want them to be able to consider other people's perspectives. We want them to recognize strengths in others. How are we helping them demonstrate empathy and compassion for others? Show concern for the feelings of others. Helping them understand and express gratitude. Helping them identify diverse social norms, including unjust ones. Helping them recognize situational demands and opportunities. And then helping them understand the influences of organizations and systems on behavior. So when we think about our PBA, unit, we can do this by being intentional with our driving question, our community connections, who are we bringing in to help support the PBL experience with our guest experts, 
showing empathy. So the way that we develop our driving question and our project, does it require students to show empathy in our classroom culture? So do students feel like they're part of a positive and supportive class culture? How can students develop social awareness through your PBL unit? Then we have responsible decision-making. So when we think about responsible decision-making, we're thinking about students being able to demonstrate curiosity and open-mindedness. They're learning how to make a reasoned judgment after analyzing information, data, and facts. Showing them how to identify solutions for personal or social problems. Helping them anticipate and evaluate the consequences of one's actions. Helping them recognize how critical thinking skills are useful both inside and outside of school. Helping them reflect on their role to promote personal, family, and community well-being. And teaching them how to evaluate personal, interpersonal, community, and institutional impacts. So in terms of our PBL unit, we can focus on responsible decision-making in a variety of ways. I'm sure you can probably think of a lot right now, but even through our guided questions and open research, them being able to make meaning of the research and deciding next steps or what to do with that information, with them managing their work tasks, which goes back to self-management, right? And then them meeting milestones. So them being responsible for tracking their progress and being able to meet deadlines. How can students develop responsible decision-making skills through your PBL unit? Next, we have relationship skills. So students being able to communicate effectively, to demonstrate positive relationships, developing or demonstrating cultural competency. Are they having opportunities to practice teamwork and collaborative problem solving? Are we showing them ways to resolve conflicts constructively? Are we giving them tools to help resist negative social pressure? Are we providing opportunities for them to show leadership in groups? Are we fostering an environment where they will seek and offer support and help when needed? And then are we promoting an environment where students are willing to stand up for the rights of others? So when we think about our PBL unit, we can think about their interactions or their collaboration with group mates, the way that they are interacting with their group mates through creating and using group contracts and establishing roles. Also through reflection processes. We can have students participate in peer feedback throughout the PBL unit. And then we can give them ways to demonstrate leadership skills, again, through our group roles and other methods during the PBL unit. So how can students develop relationship skills through your project-based learning unit? So I'm sure by now you have thought of a lot of ways that you can integrate social and emotional learning in your environment. I have a question for you though. What does this mean for teachers? What do you need to be able to promote social emotional learning in your classroom environment. Maybe it means you need to sharpen your saw or find professional learning opportunities where you can do this deep, just do this work deeper. Or maybe you just need to take care of yourself and continue to grow in social emotional competencies yourself. Maybe you want to set some goals for yourself as well. Maybe you want to do more work around self-awareness or self-management or social awareness or responsible decision-making or relationship skills. I always say it's hard to pour from an empty cup and it's also hard to help others when you could barely help yourself, right? So one of the things I want you to think about is as you look through the social emotional learning competencies and you complete the self-reflection, yes, I want you to try to choose one or two things that you want to start to do with students, but I also encourage you to choose something that you want to work on as well for yourself as a means of self-care and as a way to continue to develop yourself as well. So your next step, what is one thing you would continue doing to promote social emotional learning? And what is one thing you would start doing to promote social emotional learning? Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you find this podcast insightful, please leave a review and subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes.